Nature Revisited, a podcast that explores our relationship with the natural world. It consists of interviews, stories, and discussions that highlight the notion that nature is not a place one goes to, but rather a place one is already a part of, that we are nature. I am thrilled to welcome back James Fappell to the podcast. James Fappell, also known as the urban ecologist, specializes in restoration ecology at the Litzinger Road Ecology Center in St. Louis, Missouri. It was after reading his recent article, A Prairie Resurgence, that I invited James back to Nature Revisited to talk about the work he is doing and the importance of our prairies, and in particular, our urban prairies. For most of us who live on the two coasts, we don't often think about the incredible habitat that once was so abundant across the Midwest. As our country has grown, our prairies have disappeared. And like our planet, have reached a period of crisis. So I asked James if he would join me to talk about the importance of saving, restoring, and reconstructing our prairies, all of our prairies, even the urban prairie. My name is Stefan Van Orden, and this is Nature Revisited. like to welcome James Fappell back to Nature Revisited. It's been a while, and most of the work that James does is focused on the urban prairie setting. And recently, I read your article about the urban prairie called The Prairie Resurgence. I would like to ask you when and how you became so involved with prairie, and in particular, the urban prairie. Just growing up in the St. Louis area in Missouri, here in Missouri, I was raised on a one-acre piece of property that had woodland adjacent to it, and I spent a lot of time just out in the yard and in that woodland. It, you know, it's more of a suburban setting. I feel like just growing up with that access helped inspire me with my passion in nature. And I didn't get involved with plants and specifically native plants until later on in my life after I had already started a family and I decided to go back to school, went to school for horticulture. I then really you know, realized you know, why we should be using native plants more often in our landscapes. I got so used to this kind of woodland setting that you might kind of be more familiar with out in the east. And that's what I grew up with. Woodlands are a big part of Missouri, the Ozarks, especially the southern half of Missouri. And the northern half of Missouri is agriculture. So to me, just kind of growing up without anybody explaining to me anything about what prairie is, what grassland is, I I would have those kind of pre-misconceptions like so many other people. And it wasn't until going through school and starting to learn about the importance of native plants do I start then digging into, well, what was really here 
you know, way I just kind of got involved with it was, you know, finally realizing the habitat that is now gone. And it's, it's very hard to learn about because of that. So it used to cover such a vast amount of North America, and now we have less than 1% of it left. Here in Missouri, according to the Missouri Prairie Foundation, we have less than one-tenth of 1%. So it just makes it very hard to learn about, right? Like it's not in front of us. When learning about that, I kind of started steering my focus towards that direction. I think it's important for my listeners to get an understanding of the different aspects of prairie in the work that you're doing. I'm going to start with just the basic. How would you describe to someone who doesn't know or visited a prairie, what is prairie? So, uh, you know, a prairie is a treeless habitat in North America. Prairie is a very special type of habitat that specific types of animals and plants live in. It's a grassland ecosystem just thriving uh, with so many types of wildlife, from birds to pollinators. Prairie is just this incredibly important type of habitat that we no longer really have around us anymore. What is a prairie remnant, and how common are they, and are they being protected? Yes, so prairie remnants are original, untouched prairies. Uh, Most of our country has been touched by human hands now at this point. There's just not really much land at all that has not been touched. And so today when you would hear the phrase prairie remnant used, it is usually a small patch of land that has somehow been preserved to this point in time and has never been tilled or plowed. And so once that soil disturbance or soil destruction has happened, you lose the integrity of that original prairie. The people who are protecting that now uh, range from a lot of nonprofits uh, to government agencies uh, from like here in Missouri, the Missouri Department of Conservation protects quite a lot to private uh, organizations like the Nature Conservancy or the Missouri Prairie Foundation. And groups like the Prairie Foundation are purchasing small pieces of land that have been protected over time in some way. And so when I say protected, it's not like some other organization was protecting it up until this point. It was more of somebody owned that piece of land privately and either had just never tilled it or plowed it. What they might have been using it for to keep it in the state that it currently is and can be called the prairie still, it's where all those plants could survive, was that they were probably either grazing it or mowing it. And so that would have protected it from having uh, woody plants encroaching upon it and starting to grow on it. Because once trees and shrubs invade a prairie, you lose that type of habitat. What are prairie restorations and prairie reconstruction? And how do they differ? So a prairie restoration would be a prairie remnant that has been kind of let go. If somebody had a piece of land and they weren't mowing it or grazing it, these trees invade, exotic invasive species invade the property, you then have to restore it to what it once was, original type prairie. You know, once some of these things happen, you'd still have those existing prairie plants there, hopefully, as long as it hadn't been let go for too long. 
so the seeds would still be there in the soil or you might even still have plants living there. So here in Missouri, a very common plant to kind of do this invasion is the eastern red cedar. It loves disturbance and so if somebody was grazing a field, the eastern red cedar then comes in, kind of takes over once they're not grazing anymore, they're not burning or haying it, then you have all these trees out on this prairie. So if you go out and you cut down all these cedars, you'll hopefully still have that seed bank still you know, sitting there and those uh, prairie plants will be able to come back. But you still have that kind of untouched, you know, untilled, unplowed uh, prairie soil there. So that's what a true like prairie restoration is. And then a prairie reconstruction is, you know, just this whole replanting of land that has been totally destroyed. So whether it was a farm field that had been getting uh, tilled and plowed for many years or a uh, old sports field that was just turf grass, you know, like at a, at a park in your city. And they, you know, remove the turf grass and they go in and they want to plant prairie plants. That is a prairie reconstruction. Unfortunately, you'll hear the term prairie restoration used a lot for when people are just starting new planting. Truly, that's not what it is. A prairie reconstruction doesn't necessarily return that land back to prairie. No, you're out there trying to construct this thing, this living being that had taken thousands and thousands of years to be created in the first place, you know, naturally on its own, or with the influence of the indigenous people of North America. It's not something that we can reconstruct just overnight. It's probably not going to be a prairie in the truest sense, right? It's going to be a prairie planting or a prairie reconstruction. Prairie planting is probably like the easier term for people to kind of get behind because that's truly what we're doing. We're trying to plant these plants here in this space under heavy human influence. If it's in an urban setting, you're going to have all kinds of plants hopping in there that you did not plant. So it seems to me that when you talk about prairie, it really comes down in a lot of ways to the soil. Why is the soil so important in defining the prairie? Why does the disturbance of the soil affect the species that visit and occupy them? Typically, like in a remnant prairie, these plants have been living there for thousands of years, whether it's the same individual plants, like a big blue stem plant that had been living in that space, living for years and years in its roots, diving deep into the prairie soils and taking in lots of nutrients, creating this uh, soil ecosystem below ground for thousands of years. And you come through and you plow it, you till it, you destroy the plants that are there, you're letting all of the nutrients at the soil surface erode away, driving tractors back and forth on it, compacting it, and then tilling it. You're just totally just destroying that ecosystem that had been there before. And then we you know plant a monoculture of a crop on top of it, spraying insecticides. It's just been stripped of that life for so many years that then when you try to go in and plant a new prairie, that's just not there anymore. It's not existing. We're talking about just like a whole forest of life underground in a remnant prairie. A reconstructed prairie is having to deal with whatever human influence we've done to that. It, it, you try to put these prairie plants back into that soil, and it's just not going to be that same kind of system anymore. 
it's going to take you know, hundreds and thousands of years before there's any kind of activity like that again. In urban areas, we've done so much construction to where we've scraped off the top layers of soil away and trying to plant plants back into that. And that's similar to a project that I'm right now at work following behind a big construction project. It's just not the same type of soil these plants would ever normally grow in naturally. It will take a very long time for us putting down like cover crops ahead of time on these kind of compacted clay soils, getting annual plants growing roots down into this where they can. As that plant material breaks down, it'll add back organic matter, starting to attract life back into the soil to where other organisms start digging around before we can ever really start to get perennial plants that need better soil conditions to be able to grow in that again. As a species, we've just done so much to our soils to be able to try and plant these plants back you know, into these soils now that we've disturbed them so much. That's not even, you know, getting into things like mycorrhizae, the fungi that can live in these soils, breaking down the organic material as it's been put back into the soil. And so out ahead of like this construction project that we're dealing with at work, we did soil testing along the whole strip of construction out ahead of the project. So we had a snapshot in time of what the soils once looked like. And now we'll take soil samples over the years as we go through this prairie reconstruction on this project and see how the soil changes exactly over time of really being able to watch how the soils build back up. And we tested for many different things from the different types of nutrients in the soil to the different types of uh, microbes and fungi in the soil. Back to the soil. Here in New England, when we talk about restoring nature, we, we plant trees, we do all these things, but very little do we talk about soil. It's so interesting and so fascinating, but unfortunate in some ways. I mean, you talk about how when you do a, a prairie restoration, for example, and you can bring this prairie back to as close as you can, that there are some species that just won't return because they know that the soil has been disturbed. I find that fascinating. Yeah, th there are many species, including orchids, that are really well known to have like mycorrhizal relationships. And as soon as you really like till up, even if you had a remnant prairie per se, you know, bad management practices can destroy a prairie. There's many ways that you could probably destroy that soil microbe life outside of just tilling and plowing. The connections between some of these plants and the soil and the soil health is uh, really interesting. When some of these specialist field botanists that are going out and assessing prairies for like the Prairie Foundation, what they're looking for are key indicator plants. And so plants that don't tolerate disturbance that much and only show up in remnant situations. So they're looking for those types of plants to be able to identify them as remnants. And those plants can be hard to get established in a prairie reconstruction. At the Ecology Center, where I work for the Missouri Botanical Garden, we have a, a plant called Virginia Bunch Flower, 
and it's a higher uh, quality plant that shows up primarily in remnants, but we've been able to get it established in some of our prairies, but it took many years even before that was able to get established. In some of our uh, prairie reconstructions there at the Ecology Center are now about just a little over 30 years old. Let's change the, the focus just a little bit and go to what I wanted to focus on this episode, which is the urban prairie in the article that you wrote about that. What is an urban prairie and why are they essential? How I mentioned in the beginning, for me, just having access to nature is a, a big issue, especially with most of the human populations being raised in urban settings and only expected to continue rising you have to have access to nature to really care about it. I was lucky enough to grow up with a woodland right by me, but most kids nowadays, they're lucky to have a park near them. It may just be trees and turf. It may be a vacant green spaces here and there uh, that become overrun with invasive species. And that might be what they end up growing up with and thinking is nature. But so with less than 1% of prairie left on the continent, I mean, how else do we expect people to care about this rare habitat other than bringing it to them? If you want people to care about nature, you have to bring it to them. If you want people to care about prairie, you know, a, a type of habitat that would typically have been fairly rural anyhow, bring the pollinators, bring the birds, bring that excitement uh, of nature and seeing it up close, uh, you know, right to them. I've met many people in this industry who think these prairie reconstructions, especially in urban settings, aren't important, that we should be focusing our attention on prairie remnants and trying to protect them. Yes, we have to protect these remnants. That is the sole remaining prairies. Like that's where the prairie seed is. That's where the plants are. We need to protect those. But how do you expect to protect them without getting people caring about them. We have to think about both. We have to think on all sides of the, the bigger picture of getting people invested and interested in them. And the only way to really do that with the current trend in our population growth is bringing it to urban settings. And so prairie reconstructions are very important in that sense. They may not be as biologically diverse and they may not be helping out the same amount of wildlife uh, that a rural prairie remnant is. But if you want to influence the future voters, the future donors, the future volunteers, the people who are going to be voting on where the tax dollars go, we have to get the buy-in by bringing the prairies to them. And urban prairie reconstructions are just vital in that. And they do help out many types of wildlife. Uh, and especially if people are interested in things like birds and uh, pollinators, which can fly here in St. Louis, there's uh, declining bumblebees that are using those uh, prairie reconstructions. And so I think it's very important for the future of prairies to have urban prairies. So are there cases of remnant prairies being found in cities such as Chicago and St. Louis? And if so, how did they sur survive? Yeah, so within urban areas, there have been prairies popping up that people just hadn't uh, known about. Here in St. Louis, we have one remnant prairie left 
within the city of St. Louis and in St. Louis County. And so to go to the next closest remnant prairie in our area, you have to go a couple hours away. The one in St. Louis is actually owned by a cemetery. It was discovered that one section of it, it had just been let go for a while. It had been getting mowed as just like an old field. They didn't recognize it as a prairie. But then conservationists were scanning the area at one point in time and saw that there was these higher value prairie species still in the understory of these trees. So that remnant been having a lot of restoration work done to it to protect it. And so just like that in Chicago, there's areas like that that people have just been holding on, never till they're plowed. It's, they've just kind of slipped by over time. Thankfully, we're spared ever being bulldozed or plowed. And we're incredibly lucky to have them. Do you see that the city itself of St. Louis and, and like Chicago, that they're responding to these as being important to their city? Very much so. Both Chicago and St. Louis, there's been a lot of prairie reconstruction work happening within the urban areas. And even the just the bigger use of native plants in general within our landscapes. And so not even just prairie reconstructions, but these designed prairies uh, like that of the Lurie Garden in Chicago, a very highly designed garden space to be reminiscent of a prairie right in the middle of the city with skyscrapers right in the background. So what are some of the other cities that you know of in the Midwest that are trying to bring back prairie or restore it in their cities? No, there are there are a lot. All the way through the expanse uh, where prairie once existed, all the way from, you know, down on the Gulf Coast where Houston is. Uh, I've visited many uh, urban prairie reconstructions there, all the way up again to like Chicago and reaching farther west out into like Nebraska and beyond. Many cities have just been getting behind this movement. And a lot of that is led from people really starting to care about pollinator declines and bird declines in recent years. And one of the best things you can do to help is start by trying to recreate their habitats for them that were once missing. And the best way to do that is with native plants. The human population is really great at responding to a crisis. And we are in a crisis with so many birds declining in the past 50 years to the different pollinator declines that we've been hearing reported. Of course, the monarch again, just getting that kind of forefront because it's so well studied. It's just been making people want to take action. A prairie is like the perfect way to help so many of these species. Out of those bird reports uh, from Cornell were that the, the biggest declines were of grassland birds. So if we want to help them, we need to reintroduce the grasslands that were here. And yes, we need to preserve the remnants that we do have left, that 1%. We have to save them. We can't let any more disappear. But we need to start reconnecting them to other areas, reconnecting them to other grasslands, and reconnecting them to urban areas so that people are caring about them. What are some of the greater challenges? Well, some of the biggest are educational ones. Even if you do get buy-in from some people that this is what we want to do, that this is what we want to create, time is a big barrier. You can't recreate a prairie overnight. 
it takes at least three to four years before you even start seeing something that starts to look like a resemblance of a prairie, what people might see in a picture, time and a lot of management to get it to that point. And to get it to a point where it's a little bit more hands-free is gonna take even longer. The understanding of time, the understanding of how much maintenance it will take in the beginning, and the understanding that it can't take care of itself ever. Prairies just cannot be let go in our modern day. They've always been kept treeless with fire in the past. You must know that trees and shrubs are going to try to move into a prairie or invasive species in an urban area especially are going to be trying to move into a prairie. So a lot of it really just does stem from education of knowing the time commitment, the money commitment up front, and the maintenance commitment. And then the other hurdle is, is from people who just don't already understand or know anything about prairie, because truthfully, a lot of people who have done prairies, you know, reconstructed a prairie, they may get their city coming down on them with weed ordinances, or they might have a neighbor just mow their property on them. People will do very strange things when they don't know what's going on. Those are probably the biggest hurdles. Can we restore land back to prairie? And why is it important to try to restore land back to prairie as it is to protect it? In your view, just how important is the urban prairie and its place in the prairie ecosystem? And how do you get people to care about prairie? So prairie in an urban setting, again, it's, it's very important in the educational sense. Maybe not biologically in the education sense of getting kids especially and getting just used to that type of habitat. Tall grass prairie can be very scary for a child uh, to go into because they might not even be able to see over the top of it. And they may be afraid already of things like bees and wasps or ants and snakes, you know, the many different types of species that might live there. But if they were able to get into a prairie at a young age, it would be highly influential for them take those experiences with them that they get to see up close and personal. Because if they were able to experience them up close like that, they would know they would have nothing to fear. They would get to see so many really cool things. Giving them the chance to access that is just so important. And bringing it into an urban setting is the only way it's going to happen. So at least giving that kind of chance to you know large groups of kids. So at the Ecology Center where I work, I get to see that on a daily basis, getting to see that joy uh, on kids' faces as they come through and get to see this kind of habitat for the first time. Then their teachers bringing them back throughout the seasons and getting to experience it at different times of year. It's priceless. It's, it's hard to change an adult's mind. And so I think more than anything, getting kids to have the access to prairies more important than any other. If they grow up remembering those instances and if they see it more regularly, if they see prairies planted throughout the city as they're traveling about their work days, you know, those kids are going to be the ones that get influenced and want to do the kind of job that I'm doing. 
and just kind of keeping that momentum going because we can't lose that one percent of prairie left in north america keeping access to children i think the only way to do it i think otherwise we will lose that last one percent because people just won't know when it's disappearing and uh, they won't care They, they won't know to care I hope you enjoyed this episode of Nature Revisited with James Fappell and that it will inspire you to learn more about our prairies and the importance of our urban prairies. I also hope it will inspire you to share Nature Revisited with friends, family, and colleagues. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And of course, on our website, NordenProductions.com. The music for this episode is Black Mountain Side by Led Zeppelin. We invite our growing community of listeners to support the production of Nature Revisited. By contributing, you can help us continue to invite the diverse variety of guest experts, activists, thinkers, and creators that make Nature Revisited such a relevant yet unique podcast. Please visit our website, nordenproductions.com slash support. Nature Revisited would also like to thank David Lipo for his generous and continuing support. Nature Revisited is produced by Stefan Van Orden and Charles Gagan. And I hope you will join us for the next edition of Nature Revisited. And in the meantime, remember, we are nature. Nature.